number 11 is where we're going to be. If you were to stand and walk out the foyer, go out the double glass doors that you came in tonight, and look off to your right, you would notice a very large warehouse. Um, And if you've been here for any period of time, it hasn't always been there. Uh, that, that landscape used to look very different than it does now. Um, but there is a, a huge uh, warehouse over there with a bright blue stripe around the top of it. How many of you already know exactly what I'm talking about? Yes, um, it is a, a, a massive building and it is the Amazon uh, Distribution Center. And uh, that building is a million square feet. I mean, can you wrap your head around that number? A million square feet. It's just ginormous. Um, By the way, this is completely unrelated, but have any of you ever noticed that that blue stripe that around the Amazon building is strikingly similar to Crossroads Blue? Isn't it? I mean, am I the only one who noticed that and just, I'm kind of like, wait a minute, who had this first? Anyway, um, I, I'm not sure that we're going to win a lawsuit against Jeff Bezos, though. I think he can probably afford better lawyers than we can. Um, how many of you guys use Amazon? Some of y'all are lying. You better get them hands up. Okay. I use it all the time. Um, honestly, rarely does a week go by that I don't make a purchase on Amazon. Um, and Miss Martha is watching the live stream right now saying, Amen. She has threatened to take away my church credit card over it. Um, I like it because it's convenient. It's on my phone. So I can be like, oh, I need one of those right now. Okay, got it. Um, It'll be here tomorrow. Um, It is convenient. It's always open. They have a vast selection. Uh, They have competitive prices. It's easily accessible. I mean, it's it's instant. It's instant. I can, if I see something I want, I can order it right now. I could literally shop while I'm preaching if I wanted to. That would be kind of disrespectful. I won't do that. Um, But it's convenient. Um, By the way, let me give you a tip. It is not wise to shop on Amazon after 9 p.m. You have weak sales resistance after 9 p.m. Stop laughing. You will buy the dumbest stuff that you don't need just because you're bored and sitting on your couch, um, and praise the Lord for free returns. Um, it's convenient. Number two, it's fast. Amazon is fast. If you have Prime, you can get two-day delivery. Uh, this is not an infomercial. But did you know that some areas and some products you can still get one-day delivery? So I can order it right now, and I'll have it by tomorrow evening. Um, uh, Alina and I got spoiled when we lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, because that was one of those regions where we got one-day delivery on most things that we ordered. And in fact, in the last couple of years that we were there, many items were same day, five hours. So we could literally say, oh, we're out of this and we need it tonight. I'm going to order it right now, and it will be here before dinner. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, five-hour delivery, and I read a news article today that Amazon is now offering in the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, same day, within two hours. Within two hours. Uh, It's just getting faster and faster. So it's convenient, it's fast, and uh, introverts unite. It is no contact. You don't have to deal with people. Um, it is It is just, it's automatic. I can just go on. I can do shopping. I don't have to go uh, experience the Walmart people. I can just do it with me on my couch, in my home, on my cell phone. It's great. No contact. The only time that you actually need to contact Amazon is when you need something or when there's a problem. When you need something or when there's a problem. Hey, uh, this was supposed to be here by this day, and it's not here. I need this. I need you to do something about it. Uh, Or, hey, I got this, but it's not what I paid for. Or, hey, I bought this, and it never showed up. Or, this person stole my money. So, the only time you actually need to contact Amazon is when you need something, or when there's a problem. Now, If I may get to the point of this illustration, unfortunately, many times, that is how we treat our prayer lives. We approach prayer with the exact same attitude that we approach Amazon. In other words, I pray when I need something or when I have a problem. Doesn't that seem a little imbalanced? That the only time I actually speak to my Heavenly Father is when I need something or when I have a problem. It would be a shame if our children treated us that way. And then we get frustrated with Him when our solution isn't delivered by the end of the day tomorrow. Am I treating God like He's just a service of resources by my prayer life? Is my prayer life, has it become a convenience or am I treating prayer like a conversation? Am I reading off my list to Him or am I approaching my Lord and Savior? Luke chapter number 11 is where we're going to be. Luke chapter number 11. And I'm going to start there in Verse number 1, and if you would follow along with me tonight, the Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That sounds a little bit different from what you're familiar with. This is not the only place we find the Lord's Prayer. Let's continue on in verse number 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, 
and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Would you join me in prayer one more time tonight? Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. You are so amazing. You are so wonderful. Your mercy and grace never fails. Lord, we thank you for, uh, Lord, just blessing us and, and being so good to us when we don't deserve it. We thank you for your word, and God, we ask tonight that you'd speak to us, that you'd open our eyes and our minds and our hearts. Give us clarity. Speak through me, please. Empty me of self and give us what we stand in need of. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. In, in my reading a while back, I, uh, I came across um, this acrostic concerning prayer uh, really interesting, and it just stuck with me, and it has helped me personally in my prayer life. I thought I'd share it with you tonight. It's the word acts, acts, A-C-T-S, and it, it's, it's meant to kind of guide you through as you pray. Um, uh, this, this is not a law. It's not a command. It's not something where God says, this is how you have to pray. It's just helpful to keep me balanced and to keep me from going to God with, here's my list of things I want today. Um, but it, it's A, adoration. So you begin by adoring God, offering Him praise, thinking on who He is. C, confession, making sure that you are right with Him, making sure there's no sin between you and the Lord. T is thanksgiving. Okay, so now we're going to go back and say, okay, rather than me starting with the list of things that I want, let's think about the things that I've already asked for that you've already provided. Thanksgiving. And then last is supplication. That's, a, okay, now that all that has been taken care of, what do I really need? What do I really need to come to you for? Um, and I have discovered that, that um, a lot of times when I follow this pattern, by the time I get through A, C, and T, for some reason the S column just gets a whole lot smaller by the time I get there. Um, and it, it really is an amazing thing. Uh, but that, is just, that has just been such a help to me, and I wanted to share that with you tonight. Um, but, but as we look through uh, what Jesus is teaching his disciples in, in, Acts, or, uh, in Luke chapter 11, excuse me, Luke chapter 11, um, I, we, we could uh, go through and break down this prayer that he shows his disciples. But I'd, I'd really like to focus on the explanation tonight, that, that little parable that he attached there at the end. 
Um, and I just, I just want to want to focus there and and offer a few challenges and some things that I wrote down. So number one tonight, prayer begins with faith. Prayer begins with faith. When you approach even the subject of prayer, now just think about this. All right, think about this, especially from from the the, the mindset of the unbeliever. You are speaking to someone that you cannot see. Prayer begins with faith, okay? That takes a measure of faith. Do you, does, does anybody, do you know anybody who talks to themselves? <laughs> Andrew's raising his hand because he's thinking of me. Um, uh, uh, that, that's another thing Miss Martha fusses at me about because... I'll be in my office talking to myself and working through some sort of problem. And a lot of times, Miss Mindy DeSilva will come up to the office and she'll be helping. And, she'll, and I'll hear her in the other room talking to Miss Martha Spivey and she'll say, who's he talking to in there? And Miss Martha will say, oh, that's just John. He's just talking to himself. Um, uh, but, hey, sometimes you've got to have intelligent conversation. You know, what can I say? Um, uh Prayer begins with a measure of faith, okay? Uh, Matthew chapter 21 and verse 22, okay? And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer. What's that next word say? Believing ye shall receive. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Prayer begins with faith. Prayers are granted because of faith. I didn't say answered, okay? I want to clarify that right now. Uh, All prayers that are heard are answered. It's just that sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is not yet. Sometimes it's my grace is sufficient for thee. Uh, But they are answered. Um, Verse verse number 8 of Luke chapter 11, our, our passage for tonight, says... I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. That's an odd word. It's one that we don't really hear a lot nowadays, importunity. Um, it, It actually, really, literally translated, it means like impudence, like uh, the, the troublesome frequency or tenacity of a, of a child. Um, if you have small children, you have no doubt experienced importunity. Because that's when you're carrying on a conversation and you, you, get, the, you get the tug at your pants. Dad, 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 dad. And it just gets, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's importunity, Okay. So why was this man persistent? Because he believed. He believed that that he was going to get what he came for. He approached his neighbor as if he had the right to be there and he had every confidence that his neighbor was going to deliver. Remember what what I said when I read the definition? Like the troublesome frequency or tenacity of a child. I literally copied that. Uh, out, of, out of the dictionary, um, like a child approaching their father. Now, now, what does that sound like? Like a child 
approaching their father. You see, prayer begins with faith. If you're going to pray for rain, you better bring an umbrella. You've heard that one before, right? Uh, pray in faith. Pray believing. Uh, prayer isn't reciting some uh, magical incantation. It's not name it and claim it. It's not if I speak this out loud, it will happen. Um, and, and I certainly don't mean to imply that God is like Santa Claus. Uh, and if we present our wish list with enough vigor and repetition, uh, that he will give in uh, like, like some frustrated grandpa just to keep us quiet. That is not what I'm saying at all. Uh, prayer is if you are speaking face to face. Pray as if you are speaking face to face with the Almighty God. Because He has the power. And He cares for you. And He desires what is good for you. And He wants to hear from His children. Prayer begins with faith. But number two tonight, I want you to see that prayer increases our faith. It, it builds it. It builds our faith. You see, prayers are granted because of faith, and faith increases by answered prayer. Uh, okay, so I, I'll give you an example, okay? Uh, a, a small prayer is, um, uh, Lord, please bless this food. I'm not condemning that. Okay, we should do that. We should thank God for what He gives us. But a, a, a big prayer of faith is, uh, Lord, uh, we need $5 million for this new church building, and we're going to move forward in it trusting you're going to provide it. That's a pretty big step of faith. Okay? Um, but pray specifically, and I, I was challenged on this by, by uh, Pastor John Brothers years ago, my pastor that I grew up under. Pray specifically. So that when God answers your prayer, you know it was Him. Because it's, it's so easy and so tempting for us to, we may not voice it out loud, but in the back of our minds, we'll reason it away. We'll pray to get better, and then we'll get better, and we'll attribute it to doctors and medicine and whatever you want to call it. When in reality, it was an answer to prayer. But when you pray big, specific prayers of faith that you know only God can answer, then when God does it, you're in a position where you have to say, I know that God did that. And He gets the glory for it. Pray specifically so that when God answers the prayer, you know it was Him and He gets the glory. Pray when the answer seems impossible. I want to read you this. And uh, Miss Beverly, you'll recognize this because I, I read this at the nursing home. This is a, a tremendous story about George Mueller. It said, listen to this. The children are dressed and ready for school, but there, are, there is no food for them to eat. The house mother of the orphanage informed George Mueller. George asked her to take the 300 children into the dining room and have them sit at the tables. He thanked God for the food and waited. George knew God would provide food for the children as he always did. 
Now listen to this. True story. Within minutes, a baker knocked on the door. Mr. Mueller, he said, last night I couldn't sleep. Somehow I knew that you would need bread this morning. I got up and I baked three batches for you. I'll bring it right in. Keep listening. Soon there was another knock at the door. It was the milkman. His cart had broken down in front of the orphanage. The milk would spoil by the time the wheel was fixed. He asked George if he could use some free milk. George smiled as the milkman brought in 10 large cans of milk, and it was just enough for 300 thirsty children. God answers prayer, and He gets the glory when we pray big, specific prayers of faith. You know, God answered some prayers for Alina and I, um, and uh, I'd like to tell you it's because we had great faith, but I was surprised every time. I'm just just being transparent with you. Uh, large, unexpected bills. And, and we'd be sitting at the kitchen table saying, I don't know what we're going to do. And we'd pray about it. And within days, we'd get some sort, some sort of unexpected check, some sort of gift, something would happen. I mean, within the dollar. Uh, I, I got, I've gotten jobs because of prayer, things that I prayed specifically about. This is one of them. <laughs> um, both of our cars, because of prayer, you may think this is silly and carnal, but uh, we, we actually prayed very specifically for our vehicles. Um, this was part of the challenge from our, our pastor that uh, I grew up under. We literally got to the point where we started to pray down to what color the car was so that we knew which one God wanted us to get. I, my, I know it sounds silly, but uh, we, we started praying really specifically about that, and God blessed it. Uh, the house that we're living in right now uh, was, was definitely an answer to prayer. Um, it was on the housing market for um, uh, like 30 minutes, um, so it, it was less than a day, and God worked it all out, and it was amazing. Um, your faith will just become rock solid when God begins to move the world around you and you see his hand at work and you know it's him. That does something for your faith that you can't get in any other way. But we become shaky in our faith because we don't pray. We lose sight of Him. Our entire spiritual walk becomes unstable and we wonder why. And could it be that sometimes, sometimes I don't pray because I don't think I need Him? It's another one of those things that, no, we don't voice it aloud, but we get it in our minds. I'm okay right now, God. And we get to make choices and decisions on our own because we think, I don't need him for this. Prayer increases our faith. Number three, prayer. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. I know you've heard a personal experience, but maybe you don't trust me. So let's go to the Word of God. 
Moses goes up to meet with God himself. God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. He instructs Moses on how to build the tabernacle so that God can dwell among his people. Moses comes down with the good news. And he finds that Aaron has, at the request of the people, constructed a golden calf, a false god, and they're caught up in idolatry. I just, I can't imagine the frustration that Moses faced in that moment. Um, Psalm 106, verse 19, the Bible says, They, the Israelites, made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. They forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore he said that he would destroy them. Listen to this next phrase. Pay close attention. Don't miss this. Had not Moses, his chosen stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Okay? We just read it in the Word of God. God said that he was going to destroy them had not Moses stood before him in the breach. What does that mean? The answer is in Exodus chapter 32. Exodus 32, look at verse 30. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now will I go up unto the Lord. Peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. What is Moses doing? He's going before God and he's praying to him. He's he's literally going before God and speaking to him. And God is honoring this prayer because it says... Verse 23, therefore he said that he would destroy them had not Moses his chosen stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. There it is, written in black and white. Moses spared the nation of Israel through prayer. Don't tell me prayer doesn't change things. Number four tonight. Number four, faithful prayer. Requires discipline. Faithful prayer requires discipline. We can talk about these amazing answered prayers. We can go through the scripture and talk about these heroes of the faith that, that change the course of history with a prayer, and we can get excited about it. And we can sit in meetings like this and say, you know what? I'm going to start praying more and I'm going to be consistent about it. But the truth of the matter is, you don't always feel like praying. Y'all are supposed to be like, (gasps) prayer requires discipline. It, It just does. 
I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to ask the question. I'm, I'm just going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to be family tonight. How many of you have ever fallen asleep when you were supposed to be praying? <laughs> uh, I had a feeling. Yes. Amen. Good for you. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. That's a good way to fall asleep, by the way. Pray without ceasing. Philippians 4.6, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, I just want you to see in that verse, but in everything. In everything. Praise the Lord, it doesn't say for everything. In everything. Prayer. In everything. Daniel. I love Daniel. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, his window being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, and he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. I, I, I love that, that verse because you literally see that Daniel already had a set place set up for prayer. He already had a schedule that he abided by every day for his discipline of prayer. Verse 13, Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. You know, uh, we've got to develop a habit of prayer. A habit of prayer. I am not going to, to stand up here and give you a prescription tonight. I am not going to stand up here and tell you how much you should pray. Uh, I'm not going to tell you when or how long or how many times. God told us what we needed to hear in Scripture, and I am not qualified to give you some arbitrary standard for your life. But I will tell you this. Sometimes we don't feel like praying, and that is... Almost always when we need it most. Make a habit of it. Corey Tenbroom said, don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. A man is powerful on his knees. Number five tonight, the object of our faith. The object of of our faith. Lord, teach us to pray. That's how it begins. Lord, teach us to pray. And what does Jesus say? Our Father, which art in heaven. It all boils down to what we believe about God. Our prayer life, our attitude towards prayer, it all boils down 
to what we really believe about God. Look again at the parable that Christ gives and the point that he drives home. Verse 11 of Luke chapter 11. If a son, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then being evil, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Mm. If you have a good friend that you trust and you're in a jam, whatever it is, your car breaks down, you get hurt, you need some money, you ask them for a favor and it's in their power, they're probably going to help you out. You see, the key that, that, that unlocks this passage of Scripture, this parable, this teaching is made up of those three words found in verse 13. How much more? Underline, highlight, circle, bold, star. How much more? Jesus is exaggerating a stark contrast in these verses. I can just imagine him looking at his disciples and saying, If you, being evil, will show love and take care of your children, how much more do you think your heavenly Father will give even himself to them that ask. If a neighbor will share bread even after being awakened in the middle of the night, how much more do you think your Father who loves you? Jesus isn't teaching his disciples that they need to be persistent and, and annoying and, and they have to wear down God so that they can get what they want through prayer. The very focus of this entire passage is the object of our faith. It's the object of our faith. It's not about how you trust. It's about who you trust. We pray not because of what we are praying about, but because who we are praying to. St. Augustine said, whether we realize it or not, prayer is the encounter of God's thirst with ours. God thirsts that we may thirst for Him. And I say unto you, Ask, 
and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that find, seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Let's bow for prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you once more tonight. Lord, you're so good to us. You are holy. You are faithful. You are trustworthy. Your love is beyond question. Thank you so much for the precious promises that you've blessed us with. Lord, I pray. I pray that you'd help us to re-up and renew our communication with thee. Lord, draw us closer. As we sang tonight, may we truly with our hearts desire to know you more. Lord, thank you for the gift of access to you. I don't have to go to a priest. We don't have to send a sacrifice. We don't have to send someone into the Holy of Holies. I can simply bow my head and lift my voice and speak to Creator God. What a gift. May we not forsake this blessing. Thank you so much. May we not take it for granted. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much. Bless us as we go from this place tonight. And as we close tonight in prayer. In Jesus' sweet, precious name we pray.